welcome to the Mindful Living Podcast. I'm your host, Athea Davis. Are you ready to become the person everyone loves, including yourself? Imagine being filled with purpose, joy, and focused energy every single day. I guide kids to gain their inner calm and adults to spark their inner child. Each week, I will give you fun, practical, and relatable, mindfully infused inspiration, insights, and information that you can directly apply in your life, family, and school or business. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to Mindful Living with me, your host, Athea Davis. You are listening to episode 98, all about toxic positivity. And you have this whole episode, I should say, is solo. So you have um, me to yourself, and I'm really excited because it's been a little while, a hot minute uh, since I've come to you in a solo podcast. Lots of great guests on the show. Hope you are enjoying all of my guests that I've had. And toxic positivity is something that I've been wanting to talk to you about, and and now I'm doing it. So I, it, you know, I don't know why it hasn't happened before, but here's the thing: it's happening now. And as uh, you know, someone who has authored a book called "Today's Going to Be Awesome Sauce," uh, you know, I I thought it would really be a great idea to kind of just uh, what's the word uh, juxtapose there we go juxtapose these two things because on the surface if you know me really well you've worked with me you've been listening to me you know the show is all about you know cultivating focused energy purpose and joy every single day I'm all about you know, have a huge passion to help you listening, to help kids, help anybody really spread their unique spark in the world. And having a growth mindset, a positive mindset, positive vibes are really important, but it's not the only thing. And in fact, my whole book today is going to be Awesome Sauce, where I talk about tuning into and spreading the Awesome Sauce 365 ways to do that was born out of a really uh, difficult tragedy. Uh, tragedy. I'm getting tongue-tied today. I don't know if it's the caffeine or, you know, just sometimes we get tongue-tied. That's okay. I know you'll still love me for it. We'll get through this. <laughs> but that whole book was born out of a tragedy. Uh, many of you, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know uh, are perhaps familiar with this story. And if you don't, I just want to refer you back into the archives into the episode called Turning Your Pain into Purpose, where I talk about, you know, going through um, my former spouse, uh, taking his own life, going through that suicide, being a suicide survivor, being a single mom, um, you know, going through that journey with my now 15-year-old. I think he was eight or nine, eight, or nine at the time, I think it was eight, that we went through that tragedy together. And that tragedy is always a part of our being who we are. It's not something that, you know, pain anybody that's been through challenge, right, knows that it's not something that you just get over. And so we're going to talk about, anyway, uh, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself. So that whole book was born out of tragedy. And I discovered in that whole process, in that very challenging moment in my life, 
how to keep tuning into the joy, how to tune into the awesome sauce by inviting in, leaning into that discomfort, by leaning into the grief and the just utter gut-wrenching pain. It's not something that I ignored. I actually consciously, very intentionally uh, went through this, you know, excruciating, um, you know, experience in my life uh, as, as wide awake and as open as I could. And thus, today's going to be awesome sauce was born. It was not you know, born from ignoring difficult emotions and not naming them or labeling them. But it was, you know, walking through that difficulty and and, and looking at and, and discovering and sharing with kids, sharing with teachers, leaders, sharing with you how we can take that pain and, and turn it into a fuel for our growth and development, for our positive growth and development. Okay, so I wanted to kind of juxtapose that for a moment, taking the fact that, hey, I'm the author of Today's Gonna Be Awesome Sauce. If you uh, have been following me on social media, you know I'm all about spreading that special spark and that unique light that we have inside. Now, this stance doesn't negate the fact that you know, there are very challenging, difficult things that we all navigate. And in fact, the two um, complement each other, right? Like I said, I wrote this whole book about navigating challenge and coming out shining brighter on the other side. In fact, our life's journey is about, you know, having this interesting relationship, this dance with these moments of bliss and, and sheer joy and taking these moments of challenge and channeling them into, um, you know, what I call the awesome sauce. So here we are, episode 98, all about toxic positivity. So let me put this into context. I want to define what toxic positivity is. Now, I do and I will rely on some work by an author that I love, Susan David. She has written a book called Emotional Agility. Now, I would love to have Susan on the show. I reached out to Susan actually to see if she could come on the show. She's super busy, you guys. Could not make it on the podcast, you know, this year. Who knows what's up for next year, right, Susan? If you're listening or anybody, um, you know, that loves her work as well. Who knows? Anything is possible. But anyway, I didn't want to color my lens and understanding by going online and kind of like trying to find a definition to toxic positivity. As a mindfulness educator, as someone who has been doing this work a long time, you know, working with kids K through 12, working with educators and leaders, I, I feel really situated with my particular expertise to give you uh, what I think toxic positivity is. And then I'm going to rely then on some work that Susan David talks about in her book, Emotional Agility. So let's put this into context. What is toxic positivity? Because here's the thing. I love spark. I love awesome sauce. I love positive vibes. And oftentimes you'll see... um, 
maybe I even have, I think I have a mask, you know, I mean, we're still in COVID. I know lots of vaccines are going around and things are kind of maybe almost sort of, um, as people are getting vaccinated, um, kind of sort of going back to normal. Uh, hopefully one of these days, a little bit more normal now than when this, um, as this episode goes live versus how, where we were a year ago. Anyway, I know I'm digressing, but back to the topic and in terms of defining this. So I think I even have a mask that has good vibes, uh, good vibes on it or something like that. I'm all about good vibes only. I came from, and again, going back to my book, I was in a you know, a long-term marriage with my former spouse. And there were a lot of issues, you know, with, he had alcoholism, uh, depression. Um, I, we both had codependency issues, uh, intergenerational patterns of, you know, uh, family violence in the terms that we communicate, all the things. I've talked about so much of this in past episodes. Definitely go in the archives though and check out that, Turning Your Pain into Purpose. Uh, I think I even did an episode on um, family patterns of abuse, maybe. And I talk about it in that episode as well. But here, so I'm all about positive vibes, but again, not at the expense of really naming and leaning into very difficult and unpleasant emotions because those states, those emotions, uh, you know, states of mind and being are very important. And I'm going to talk about what emotions are in a moment, but here we go. So positive Um, or toxic positivity, the way I'm defining it is the tendency to invalidate difficult emotions such as anger, fear, frustration, sadness, grief. Okay, we can add other emotions, but again, it's the tendency to invalidate difficult emotions such as anger, fear, frustration, sadness, and grief. Another way that I defined it is when we deny the power and complexity of our emotional terrain. That was kind of general. So I wanted to get really specific. It's that tendency to invalidate. And a lot of us might say, you know, I don't really go around being, you know, this toxic positivity type being person. Here's the thing. They, this toxic positivity can come up in really subtle ways. Oftentimes we're not aware of how we are engaging in it. And all these years that have been involved in being a mindfulness educator, uh, I still at times find myself, and just recently, on um, I was hiking with my, my teen, and I, I would catch myself with the, the words that I would use, and I would, you know, I'm a more aware now, and, and rephrase it, you know, in the moment and realize, oh, wow, look how that just came up. And, and the reason why we're not aware of it is because it's just how we are. This is how our parents talked or how our teachers talked. And it's just like second nature. We don't even second guess it. And we don't even realize the adverse impact that it can have on our emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, all those terrains of um, who we are, how we are, and how it impacts reaching our goals, etc. Okay, so I put that in context. I defined it for us, and I want to talk a little bit about emotions. So, and I've, I've done lessons with my students about emotions and becoming an emotion scientist. You know, we're living in a time that I, it's necessary that we all become emotion scientists. You know, we, everything, no matter what, 
you love to do, what your career is, what you're passionate about, what you're, you know, on a journey to find that your purpose is, emotional intelligence is going to be a core pillar because we're emotional beings, right? We have to communicate. We're emotional social beings. We have to communicate, navigate these complexities with each other. So emotions, you know, we often say either I have this positive or negative emotion, but emotions aren't positive or negative. They just are emotions. So emotions are energy and information. You know, what happens when we feel an emotion is, um, you know, we have these neurons, these brain cells that are ignited in our brain and they're electrical impulses that send energy and information to different parts of our brain and different parts of our body to either say, hey, I'm feeling pleasure and joy. This is awesome. I feel safe. Or, hey, I don't feel so safe. I feel scared and nervous. I need to run. You know, um, I need to flee. I need to freeze. I need to shut down. So, emotions are not positive or negative. So I just kind of want to throw that out there. And believe me, it is a practice to um, get out of the habit to say I have this negative emotion, this positive emotion. And even sometimes still just for the sake of being, you know, um, to to connect right on a and within a cognitive framework that we all understand is that that is what we understand. Oh, that's negative. That's positive. But I want you to play with that idea that emotions are not negative or positive and just see where you come to, I guess, what's, what am I trying to say? Like, I want you to play around with that language uh, or at least say, you know what, this isn't a positive emotion or a negative emotion. <clears throat> Try to look at it as pleasant or unpleasant. Or, you know, if you have an unpleasant emotion, just saying this is a really difficult um, emotion. Because I think we can get into that tendency that, oh, I feel angry, this is bad. And if I have this, and if it's bad, I'm bad. Mm-mm. Tea break, you guys. I have to have to have tea. I talk a lot all week long, so it doesn't take much for my voice to go awry. I try not to when I record podcasts, but you know. It happens. I so I, I know you love me. I love you. Let's just hang in there uh, together. Voice is doing okay right now. So um, again, they provide us with information. It's valuable data. And recently, I have been teaching, or I should say, reteaching, as my students and I talk about as they're learning about self talk. They're learning about positive self-talk and negative self-talk. So see, there's, again, like that whole dichotomy comes up, and I get it. It's very useful. Now, if we can hold that, right, and know and juxtapose it by, um, oh, that's not a positive or negative thing, that's awesome. But I do really want you to, you know, you know reflect on that. And, and when you experience, especially the more difficult emotions, anger, fear, frustration, grief, sadness, we typically don't want to feel those 
I mean, who does? Like, they're really hard. It's difficult, right? And there's a reason, you know, this this sort of hype positivity culture exists. You know, I love, I'm super like awesome sauce flair and spark and all that. Unicorns, rainbows, glitter. I mean, I love it. And again, not at the expense of leaning into the difficult emotions because those are actually the things where we can, you know, when we go through it, we discover by the information they provide us um, more about ourselves, more about the people and environments in our life that feed us or don't feed us. And so we ultimately get more connected to um, that feeling of awe right? And awesome sauce and joy, et cetera. So back to recently doing some lessons with my students about self-talk and positive self-talk. And we, they've been learning about how our talk, our thoughts are really powerful. You know, the words that we say can, can contribute to our beliefs. You know, we say this stuff enough in our head and our self-talk, it becomes true, even if it's not actually true. And that truth then becomes the belief, and our beliefs then become our, the basis for our actions in the world. And so another great reason why mindfulness practices are so key to shedding light and bringing awareness on these internal hard to grasp dynamics that run and rule our lives. So I came across this TED talk as I was creating these lessons with my middle school students. And I really liked it. If you want to go check it out, his name is Abria Joseph. I hope I'm saying that right. But he's done a TED talk, a a TED talk for youth called Removing Negative Self-Talk. And I really liked these questions that he asks in the TED video. He's he's saying, ask yourself these things when you have that negative self-talk. I promise I'm going to bring um, this back around to toxic positivity. But remember, we're talking about emotions right now. And so this is, and, and, and I want us to understand like emotions are energy and information and we have this tendency to to naturally and welcome the you know the pleasant stuff i mean of course it feels great bring it on right and the hard stuff that anger and fear frustration sadness grief we're like uh no thank you i don't want a cup of that give me my cafe mojo with extra sparkle so getting in the habit of saying wait a minute this is really hard why do i feel this right now and I'm going to give you a strategy for doing that. But back to Abria Joseph. Hopefully you're following. You know, I like to go on tangents, but I, I always try to bring it back and wrap it together. He asked these three questions that he learned from one of his teachers, I think in India. And I can't remember the teacher's name, um, but he'll say it in the TED Talk if you go watch it. And I will definitely link that TED Talk in the show notes for you if you're interested. And, you know, so when you have this negative self-talk, you're asking yourself when you become aware of it, right? Because a lot of times we're not even aware that we're saying these negative things. Um, You ask, is it true? And then you ask, is it necessary? And then the third question is, does it improve upon the silence? Now, that last question is really interesting. What the heck does that mean? I mean, clearly the first two, is it true and is it necessary? We can look and say, hey, that thing that I said to myself, like, 
I don't know, say like if I'm producing a podcast episode or I am, you know, having a conversation with my partner or, you know, I'm doing an activity with my kid and maybe I have something that comes up in my mind and says, you know what, I suck at this. And then if you notice, right, that's the key. Sometimes the hardest part, as I tell my students, is becoming aware of that negative self-talk. When we engage in mindfulness practices, whether movement or meditation or noticing practices, uh, we do have, we kind of, you know, work that muscle and we can become more aware of that internal self-talk. We can catch it and say, wait, is that really true? Maybe I'm just having a difficult time in this moment. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm hungry. You know, maybe I'm who knows what. So it's important to ask, is that true? And then is it necessary? Is it necessary that I say that I suck at this thing? Mm, probably not, right? So it's this habit loop that we just say these things that are not very nice to ourselves. And then we go down to the third one. Does it improve upon the silence? So what that means is, you know, are you in a place of grounded steadiness? Okay, this is my interpretation of it. So are you in a place of grounded steadiness? Does the thing that you're saying provide more of that, um, you know, grounded steadiness, that steadiness in your emotional and mental state. If it does, maybe you're headed in the right direction. If it doesn't, you're probably not. And I can guarantee you, if you're sitting there saying, I suck, that's not going to improve upon the emotional or mental steadiness of your mental health, emotional health, physical, spiritual, all that health, it's going to create this, this, this habit loop that is going to send you, you know, in a way that's going to come in the way of you reaching your goal or goals or having healthy relationship, you know, with your kids, your partner, etc. Maybe not in that moment, but you do that enough times you are not going to be feeling very confident or having a lot of worth. And these are, you know, big um, internal issues that can, in deep patterns that can really get in the way from you, from us, from me, from all of us, spreading what I call our unique spark in the world, right? Like we are so unique and we have something amazing to offer And again, one reason I love doing this show is to help you discover your focus, energy, purpose, and joy every single day so you can spread your unique spark in the world. If we are in that space of negative self-talk, we're not. Okay, so that, uh, you know, I wanted to spend some time looking at what are emotions, okay? Emotions aren't positive or negative. They're energy and information, their data, they give us important information. So this, and the reason I bring these three questions up, um, you know, about the the negative self-talk, and again, I'll link the TED Talk video uh, where Abria Joseph talks about this, is uh, because negative self-talk, you do that enough, it impacts your emotional state, right? It impacts how you feel about yourself. And, you know, not to say that we can't have difficult emotions about us. You know, difficult emotions actually are great motivators for change in behavior. So we actually do want to lean into that. 
So it's that's why these questions are so awesome because it has us go through this mental um, reflection. And when you get in the habit, you're like, wait, is that true? Is it necessary? Does it improve upon the silence? Okay, if it's none of those, then I may be in that that loop that I'm in a I'm in a negative self talk loop, and I don't want to be there. But you know what? I respected the information. I'm looking at the information and the data that my self-talk is giving me. I'm not just like putting it to the side and saying, don't worry about it. Now, I'm going to give you some very specific ways in which toxic positivity um, positivity happens in subtle ways so you can look for this and correct it um, and transform it in your own language and communication, whether that's self-talk or with other people. But I want to go through a couple more things first. So that was one of them. Hopefully you find that helpful. And again, I mentioned that, um, you know, if you do not know Susan David, definitely check out her work and her book, Emotional Agility. I will link that too in, in, you know, in the show notes. And she sort of her whole premise is, you know, having emotional truth versus a culture that touts positivity, right? And she's not anti-positivity. She's all about positivity, like myself, but not at the expense of looking at what are these uncomfortable, difficult emotions trying to tell us? I mean, take the example of anger. When I feel angry, our tendency is we don't want to feel that. Maybe we don't want to feel it because we were raised in a home that didn't validate emotions and you just ignored them, you tried to get over it. And so if you had that emotion, it was bad, which meant you were bad. And of course we want to get rid of that because we want to feel good. We want, we don't want to be like the bad person. Um, But in fact, when we ignore that, it starts really running and controlling our lives. Anger tells us perhaps, you know, somebody said something that really hurt my feelings. So maybe we discover um, it's not just anger. There's a grief. There's a sadness, you know, under that. Uh, You know, we could take it further. We could say, oh, well, why do it? A lot of times we're not even, you know, aware of why we're we're angry. Uh, And and I have one of the great visuals I love to, to help my students understand you know, the complexity of our emotional terrain is looking at an emotional iceberg. So if you picture an iceberg, you have what you can see on top, right? You see the ice above the water. And then below the water are really deep emotions that are really hard to see. So you might experience anger, but underneath you might have shame. Um, You might have grief. You might have, you know, sadness, or, you know, a a very low, like a self-worth issue. And so understanding that there's such power in leaning into our complex emotional terrain, having emotional truth, and not just going into sort of, oh, everything's going to be fine. So Yes, our emotional terrain is very uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable, so I want you to know that. You know, dealing with, coping with, and navigating our emotions, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. So let me kind of take a little bit of a turn here 
And let's look at some ways that toxic positivity happens in subtle ways. But I need to get a quick drink of tea. You want to join me if you are having tea or coffee or water, whatever your cafe mojo is, or maybe you're on a drive or a walk. I don't know. Mm, so good here. So just kind of looking at my, my notes here. So toxic positivity happens in these ways. And here's one where I catch myself a lot is when I say at least somebody tells you something okay a friend a teacher a student doesn't matter your kids and you say well at least x at least you had the opportunity to continue to do whatever you were doing at least you didn't lose the whole thing at least you still have x dollars left at least you still have your happiness I mean fill in the blank I cannot remember the exact thing my teenager was telling me and I remember saying at least and I caught myself and I didn't finish the sentence. So this is one of the great things about building or or cultivating awareness and building the habit of, of one of knowing what toxic positivity is so we're not engaging in it and we're not invalidating other people's experiences Uh, that's a huge one. So you may want to write notes down and reflect on these because again, these are automatic responses that are embedded in our neurobiology from how we were raised, the school we were in, just our environments. And so unless you've spent time really diving deep into emotional intelligence work and or you're really familiar with Susan David's work, you've read the book, you practice it, um, these are probably pretty automatic. So it's going to take some work to change this habit loop. Don't want to scare you because, you know, anything worth having is worth working for and towards. And you can certainly change this dynamic. Just like I was saying, I was we were hiking and he was telling me something. We were talking and, and I said, at least, and I thought, no, no, let me rephrase that. So that's pretty cool. I was proud of myself in that moment that um that I was able to rephrase it I was a little shocked too like oh wow look I'm that's still coming up for me so that's one that's a that's a toxic positivity red flag remember let's go back to the definition so the way I'm defining it toxic positivity is the tendency to invalidate difficult emotions such as anger fear frustration sadness grief so in whatever he was telling me, my teenager in that moment, it was a difficult situation. And that's and when I said at least, I thought, no, I'm not validating his experience. Okay, so I want you to write that down and really be aware of when you do that. Uh, so you can transform it, right? So you don't you can find other ways to talk about and, and invite these more difficult things in and, re- and know that they're not positive or negative. They're information that if you have a difficult emotion coming in, it could be telling you something. Even going back to, say, the self-talk. If you're like, ah, oh, I suck at this. Well, is it true? Okay, no. Is it necessary? Mm, I don't know. Is it? Maybe I'm not doing so well in this moment because I didn't prepare or I didn't sleep well enough. See how that nut that I was see, I was almost gonna say it, that negative emotion, but that unpleasant emotion can come in and it can give you information. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean I I don't suck, um, but I also see that I could do, you know, A, B, and C next time. So it could be 
better prepared or I could, you know, have more rest or, you know, get uh, nutrients in my body, whatever the situation is. Okay, back to toxic positivity and how it happens in subtle ways. Number one, when you're using it least or you hear somebody else using it, that's a red flag, toxic positivity in action. Now, we're not trying to wrong people and say, oh, you, you, you're wrong. You're promoting toxic positivity. I don't want you to walk away from this episode, you know, doing the whole pointing the fingers thing. Y'all, we're all in this together. It's a learning process. So let's have love and compassion and grace for each other as we learn. You know, it's important to share like, hey, if someone doesn't know, share with them this episode or what you're learning about toxic positivity. Have a conversation about it. Okay, so I've got to say that. Here's number two. Well, just focus on what's going well. Ignore all that negative stuff. Like I said, I am all about growth mindset, positive mindset. I think mindset is everything. Not at the expense of difficult and unpleasant emotions. You guys, let me say it again. Unpleasant emotions provide valuable data and information. It could be signaling to you, hey, change is needed here. What kind of change? I don't know. That's why when you go back and you ask that question, is it necessary? And you say, well, yeah, maybe it is. Um, what what's happening here that I need to shift or change? So it can it can be important information. So by saying, well, just focus on what's going well, ignore that negative stuff. We push that negative stuff to the side. It will start controlling us. What we resist persists. You guys have heard that saying, right? I don't even know who has said that. I've heard it so many times in so many contexts, but it's true. So when we push it aside, it grows like a big monster and takes over our entire life. I've lived this so many times. I don't want you, um, you know, living that anymore. I want you having these conversations and growing with others in your life. Okay, here's a third one. When you say positive vibes only, please. Now, I went through stages after my divorce with my former spouse It was so toxic because we were not validating each other. Of course, there was the alcoholism, the depression, the just awful, just abusive communication. Um, It was just, it was, it was just, it was not a good mix. And I came out of that really diving deep into shifting the way I talked. I was positive vibes only because I was on one spectrum where it was super negative and I went full spectrum, super positive. Now I feel much more balanced, uh, and I definitely, um, as I said, we, we need both, right? So nothing wrong with positive vibes, but saying positive vibes only. See, like you see those shirts all the time. People say it on social media all the time. I love the positive vibes. Don't get me wrong, y'all, but when we, when we say it, right, it's like that self-talk. When we say it and that's all we say, we begin to believe like, oh, I can only have positive vibes only if I only say positive vibes or if I say something uncomfortable, I'll be rejected. Nobody's going to like me and we go down this like kind of rabbit hole, the psychological rabbit hole that can put us in a really unhealthy state of mind. Okay, so that's number three. Number four. Now, I heard an influencer say this on social media, a big influencer, I should say, really big. I'm not going to name them, 
But I remember coming across this and I was shocked because this person said, it's not okay to not be okay or some version of that. Or maybe they said it's not okay to say that you're not okay. And again, sort of, I remember the story because their background is that they grew up in a lot of trauma. You know, um, I, we all have our trauma, big trauma, little trauma. And um, there was a lot of negativity, right, in the household. And so, you know, this person also really relied on that positive mindset to grow and evolve and become, you know, all the things that they ended up becoming in life. And, but at the expense of really leaning into uncomfortable emotions. So again, I see this happen a lot. Um, This just happened to be a big influencer. and, And I noticed it during a difficult time during the global pandemic when it it initially happened like a little over a year ago and I remember thinking no that's actually really wrong we don't want to um, discourage people like I felt invalidated right because I remember thinking actually I'm not okay this is really not okay for me there's a lot of things that that have been lost and I'm grieving and if you find yourself saying it's not okay to not be okay, that's another red flag. And so how do how we reverse that is it's totally okay to not be okay. Now, if you're not okay for a long period of time, maybe it's time to talk to a therapist and to get some kind of intervention. However, we sometimes you may find yourself saying this, I wanted to throw this red flag out there. That's number four. When I saw it, I remember saying and feeling like really invalidated. So if you catch yourself saying to a student or a partner or your kids or whatever it is, be, you know, just be aware, be reflective. So I'm giving you some of these so you can evaluate your own communication. You can evaluate how other people are speaking. Not so you can go like be the toxic positivity police. That's not what I want you to do. I want us to have grace and love and compassion. We're all on this, you know, human journey together. And some of us are a little bit ahead in certain ways than others. And, uh, and it's helpful when we have these productive and constructive conversations and we can point these things out to each other and say, hey, this is really hurtful when you say this because I don't feel validated and here's why and these are things that I'm learning about toxic positivity. All right, number five, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. So maybe you find yourself somebody sharing a story or you even having that self-talk to yourself and saying, it's not that bad. Please stop that. All right? (laughs) I'm going to take this oath. I want you to take the oath with me. Let's stop some of these red flags. Okay, tea break, (laughs) y'all. So if you needed a quick sip of tea. So that was number five. Here's number six. Don't worry Oh, don't worry about it. Just stay positive. Don't worry about it. Just stay positive or oh, just put it to the side. Focus on, uh, what was the first one I said? Oh, fo- uh, that was the second one. Focus on what's going well. Okay, so let me name them again in case you want to write them down. Okay, so these are 
the ways in which toxic positivity happens in our communication in subtle ways. And either it can be self-talk, like how we're talking to ourselves, or in how we're communicating with others. So here they are. Number one, uh, at least you didn't lose the, or the word at least. When you know you're using that at least, uh, that's a big red flag. At least you didn't lose the whole thing, right? Or fill in the blank. Well, just focus on what's going well. Ignore that negative stuff. Or positive vibes only is number three. Number four, it's not okay to not be okay. Number five, it's not that bad. Number six, don't worry about it. Just stay positive. So these are. this is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure that you might recognize others. In fact, if you recognize others, I would love for you to connect with me and let me know what you're discovering. This is a discovery process. This is not like, here are all the toxic positivity things. Um, and if someone says them or you say them, you know, this is like the exhaustive list and let's change it this way. Again, it's an adventure, uh, an internal adventure discovery process. As a yogi, um, as a yoga practitioner and teacher, you know, we often say when we are, you know, on the mat, physically moving our bodies, we say, you know, lean into the discomfort. And I'm a huge proponent of taking what we learn on the mat, you know, yoga off the mat into the world. I think there's an organization um, out there, Sean Korn, maybe, um, off the mountain into the world. Anyway, side note, but we often say lean in the discomfort. Lean into the discomfort. It's the same thing here with unpleasant, difficult emotions. So oftentimes saying lean into that discomfort. What is it saying? All of it is data. The sensations that when I'm leading a guided meditation or a yoga practice and I'm asking others to lean into those sensations what are they again it's just that it's energy and information they're telling us something a pose can be really uncomfortable should we get out of it no actually it's telling us something why is it uncomfortable maybe I have some energy there that needs to move around maybe I have this self-talk that says you know what I can't do it but if I stay here and breathe oh look I'm stronger than I thought so it is an interesting um, discovery process Uh, so that being said I want to give us some proactive tips it's like what now like we know what to look for but I want you to leave this episode Um, By the way, I haven't said the episode in a while. (laughs) I've been just talking, hopefully giving you some really valuable information here. But you have been listening to episode 98 here on Mindful Living with Athea Davis, all about toxic positivity. Don't forget, I'm linking all the stuff in the show notes. Abria Joseph, his TED Talk, Susan David's book, Emotional Agility. And of course, I'll link my book um, as well. Uh, Today's going to be awesome sauce. So some proactive tips. What do we do? How do we lean into the discomfort? How do we, you know, say, hey, I love the positive vibes. And how do I lean into that stuff that's really kind of hard? Well, we label our emotions. We label our emotions and it helps us regulate our emotions. There's a phrase. I don't know where this comes from, but I use it with my students. I've used it for years. Maybe it came from... uh, Dan Siegel, Dr. Dan Siegel, he's been on the show before. Again, you can go listen in the archives. 
But I think particularly in his book, Brainstorm, if you, if you guys have teenagers, side note, um, awesome book, by the way. Anyway, um, it's called Name It to Tame It. So when we name our emotions, you can tame it, right? Like if we're not naming the emotion and we're ignoring it and saying, oh, positive vibes only, or hey, focus on what's going right, ignore all the stuff that isn't, we're not naming that emotion. We can't manage it. We can't regulate it. So that's number one. That's a proactive tip. Is it easy to name our emotions? No way. Sometimes it really is. Sometimes it's really clear. But as I said, with that image, with the emotional iceberg, maybe I'll even link that. There are a lot of great images online for the emotional iceberg. I might even link that in the show notes for emotional iceberg so you can see that image. So like if you're an educator or a parent and you want to show your kids, it's an awesome tool to help them understand their emotional terrain. Again, um, because naming the emotion, we might like anger and stress are like kind of common. Like I'm so angry or I'm frustrated or I'm so stressed. But really underneath it, if we dive deeper, right, underneath the water where we can't see that piece of ice is the shame, the grief, the the sadness. And so, um, uh, again, that's a practice for you and for listening in others when they say I'm angry, stressed, or frustrated. Is that true? Or is there something underneath that? And again, it takes a little bit of work, but once you start doing it, it just becomes second nature like any habit. And, uh, and it's fun. It's fun to kind of learn these things about yourself. It's fun to notice how these show up, you know, in conversation with other people. It's interesting to take on these conversations with others and say, oh, wow, did you notice that? I wonder how we can say that differently. And I want to also say this is not easy. Um, not everybody will take on this work super easy or think it's interesting and that's okay. Um, you and the work that you do, if you're inspired by the information that I'm sharing, it makes a huge impact in the world and your family and, and however you're showing up, even just taking on a few of these tips is awesome sauce is amazing. Okay, so that was proactive tip number one is labeling your emotions. And again, I'll link that emotional iceberg. And so I really like, and this comes from Susan David's work, I really like how when she's talking about naming emotions, she suggests not saying, for example, I am angry. Um, She suggests instead to say, I'm noticing that I feel angry, right? So that little tweak in the language has you has you notice that you have this emotion that's not permanent, right? Emotions aren't permanent. But if I say I am angry, you're saying that you and your nature, who you are, your being is angry. Remember how powerful that is? Because we say that enough, we start to believe it and then we become it, we act that way. So that little tweak in the language then has us notice we feel a certain way. So our being, who we are, our nature is detached from that very, um, you know, uh, short emotional state. You know, so yes, I get like sometimes anger can last for long periods of time, but it eventually goes away when we process it and we deal with it. 
So again, naming your emotion, and that was, I wanted to kind of dive in really deeply to how we name it and how we talk about it. So I'd say like that's tip number two. And and how, so so what do we do from here, right? Like once you name it, then what? Like, and how do you even know that you have these emotions? You know, the how part's really interesting. It's practicing mindfulness, practicing meditation, journaling, you know, spending time um, reflecting on your day and your communication. You can have, you know, a whole week dedicated to in your journal, if you're a journaler or you're interested in journaling, getting a journal and just setting a timer for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes and saying, how did I communicate today? Did I notice any of those red flags? And did I notice them in other people? What do I notice? You know, and, and the mindfulness meditation practice is an exercise in that noticing, right? So that is cultivating awareness. What am I noticing in sensations? What is this thought telling me? Is it true? Is it necessary? What do I do with it? You know, uh, when we tap into this complex emotional terrain, the, the positive that we tend to say or the pleasant emotions and the negative as we tend to say or the unpleasant emotions, our capacity for creativity rises and thrives. We become whole beings. We just really shift. Um, and again, you know, reconnecting it back to in the beginning of this episode when I mentioned my book, Today is Going to be Awesome Sauce, Daily Meditations for Youth, Parents, and Families. That whole book is all about this awesome sauce on the inside, how we tap into it and tune into it, that unique spark that we each have that we're born with. But oftentimes we don't feel it or see it because we have these unchecked thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that get in the way and can dim our spark. And the way that we keep that spark alive is not to ignore these unpleasant for the pleasant feelings and states of being an emotion, we invite them in, we lean into the discomfort and, and know that it is difficult. It's not an easy task, but as you stay in that practice, you build more resilience. You build the emotional and mental fortitude to stay with some really difficult things. And that, that is the skill that all of us need no matter what we're doing no, no matter if we're no matter what field of expertise that we're in that is what moving from 2021 forward no doubt that is a skill that will help us achieve whatever success that we want in our relationships um, in our careers and and you know in our life and as I attested to or shared in the beginning of this episode that my book was born from leaning into that discomfort, discovering through mindfulness, yoga, mindset practices, becoming more aware, leaning into the discomfort and turning that very, those very unpleasant emotions, learning the information I was gathering and turning it into something really beautiful. So it can be a really powerful elixir. All right. 
We have come to the end, my friend. I hope that you found this episode valuable. If you want to go back and take notes, please do. I would love to hear how you're using these tools in your um, life, you know, in your home, in your classroom, um, in your business, anywhere that you're using them. It's been awesome to be with you today on this solo episode, uh, on episode 98 on Mindful Living with Athea Davis, all about toxic positivity. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor, um, screenshot it and share it with everyone in your network, right? Like your friends, your family, whoever it is, share it because I share this information in hopes that it can elevate your life in some way and that we can all, you know, step by step start having these conversations again with love, compassion, empathy, grace, all that because it is difficult work. Please do not misunderstand me that this is difficult work. This is not easy. These things happen in very subtle ways. We're not even aware that they're happening, but hopefully what I shared with you today gives you um, that awareness so you can start reflecting in your own life how these are, are you know, showing up, these, these toxic positivity types of communication are showing up and, and you can shift them little by little. And so if you enjoy this episode, please do share uh, that with your friends and family, your whole network. And I would love for you to share it on social media. You can tag me at Athea Davis, A-T-H, E-A-D-A-V-I-S at Athea Davis. I'm on all the social channels. I think, not all, but I think so. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, all those things. Oh, by the way, if you're on Clubhouse, I'm also on Clubhouse at Athea Davis. And I've been doing a a weekly on Sunday evenings uh, called Prevention and Healing, Emotional and Mental Health in 2021 with some other, um, you know, experts in the field in their own right, a variety of experts in their own field. Uh, One of them I've had on the show, Allison Morgan of Zensational Kids, but we're having a a clubhouse coming up on... um, March. Oh my goodness. What is the date? Let me get my phone. But if you're on Clubhouse, definitely check it out. It's March 28th at 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we'll be talking about at ways that you and your kids can optimize your mental and emotional well-being in 2021. That was a side note. I didn't expect to say that, but hey, if you're on Clubhouse, uh, definitely check out that event and follow me. And, uh, and if you're not following me on social media, definitely reach out. I love to connect. Always trying to share inspiring, empowering, and real, uh, raw, um, full emotional terrain and truth content for all of you out there so we can all engage in this conversation together and glow and grow a little bit brighter, tune into our spark, spread it here, there, and everywhere, all those things. And if you have not yet subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do and leave a rate and review. I would so appreciate it. Your feedback helps me know that you are loving the content coming your way. It's making a difference. 
in your life. And um, yeah, so you can go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a rate and review. And I would so, so appreciate it. And share with your friends and family if you use it on, if you screenshot this episode or any of your other episodes or any of the other episodes make sure to use the hashtag mindful living podcast that's with one l so it's m i n d u l only one l and an i v i n g podcast so mindful living podcast just one l and i will be so excited to connect with you out there in the world and if you're new to the show thank you for listening i am so excited to have you in the mindful living uh, love as i like to say family All right, I hope that you are taking care of yourself from the inside out, out there, that you did find this show, this episode valuable. Again, share it. I'm rooting for you, loving you, voting your victory. Um, I hope you're out there tuning into and spreading the awesome sauce. And if you don't know what that is, you can always check out my book and my card deck. I link those in the show notes as well. And I hope that you have an incredible day, week, whenever you're tuning in, whether it's morning, noon, or night, that uh, just tuning in right now provided a little extra awesome sauce flair into the your moment, whenever that is when you're tuning in. So I love you, and uh, I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Living Podcast with me, your host, Athea Davis. Think of me as your extra sparkly, good vibes, and no-nonsense guide, reminding you to take intentional action and choose to be the person today you want to become tomorrow. The world needs your sparkle, your joy, your gifts in action. Speaking of, I have a free gift for all my podcast listeners. Go now and subscribe to my email list and get your free health and wellness guide, awesome sauce insights at soulsenseyoga.com. And take a moment to rate and review my podcast on iTunes or wherever you may find yourself listening to Mindful Living with Athea Davis. I truly appreciate your time and feedback so I can continue to deliver valuable content to each of you. Until next time, have an awesome sauce day, friends.